Hey family, what's up? It's Vale. I just wanted to pop in really quickly to say, first off, thank you so much for sticking with us through this month. Uh, it has been a little bit of a jumble. Who knew that life could happen? Because I certainly didn't. Uh, both Connor and I both got pretty busy um, with just various different things with family and, uh, and with other life plans. I personally am in the process of moving and not only moving, but there are a couple of exciting updates that we're going to be announcing um, towards the end of this episode. And all of that takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. And it leaves Connor and I feeling a little bedraggled. And we want to make sure that when we bring something to you guys, we are bringing our best. We are bringing energetic, good, wholesome, family-friendly, <laughs> family-friendly horror content, right? Um, we just want to be the best for you guys. And so there have been some days where we just haven't been able to pull it together in order to find a spot of time to record with the energy and the devotion that you guys deserve. So uh, things have been a little bit late because of that, but we are hoping to get back on track. Thank you so much for sticking with us as we transition into a very exciting time in both of our lives. We hope you enjoy this episode and uh, we can't wait to hear from you guys later. See ya. One, two, one, two, three. The ghosts are calling out of work today. They got way better things to do than work some nine to five. They got no use for living, breathing currency. But we all do because we're still alive. Welcome to the good, the rather spooky, where we talk about the damned, the crammed, and the betrayal, fam. Yeah, yeah, we do. I'm Vale. I'm Connor. And hey, and Connor, guess what? What? We're not alone. What? No, we're not. We've got somebody what? else with us. Who's there? Uh, it's Else. Oh. It's me! Hi, it's Else. You. Hello. Else. Welcome to show. Hi. Thank you for your show. <laughs> we try. We try really, really hard. Uh, see, see, I, I brought... Uh, I brought my good, good friend Else on. Else, you've actually been on the show before uh, for like five seconds. You did a monologue in our Equus Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's Very not like briefly. you're too unfriendly to this podcast. But uh, Our audience has heard back. this voice before. Yes. Yes, yes. All 13 of our subscribers have heard this voice before. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. So, we Elsa, love you. <laughs> we, we appreciate all of your uh, all of your listens. Elsa, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to us, uh, who you are, what you're about, and uh, how did you get into horror? Uh, yeah, sure thing. I'm Else, they, them. Uh, I, I am a recent acting graduate from acting school um been doing theater all of my life uh i love storytelling in all kinds of different forms uh vale and i have been very very good friends for about three years now um yeah just about and uh my horror baptism i've always been I've 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 always been fascinated with monsters. Uh from from a very young age my favorite animal was the giant squid and That's all of the awesome. weird messed up things that can grow at the bottom of the ocean. Um and uh I I I never really I never really got into horror per se until 
kind of my high school years when I started reading a bit more Lovecraft and Poe. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of squid but then, and things that live at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and very, very yeah. dark places. Love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of been a kind of been an ongoing theme of my life. Mm. Um, but uh, then when Vale and I met. Uh, we were we were both on the London study abroad. Vale was the TA, and we got to be friends. And we started talking about our respective interests, of course. And uh, what got me into horror was actually Vale recommended the YouTube series Marble Hornets to me Ooh, uh, cool. after just after we had like gone through the Sigmund Freud Museum. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, or was it was it after or before? I forget. <laughs> no, it was after. It was after. Yeah, but we were we were talking about uh, all kinds of uh, psychology and fear at that point. Um, and so I went home and I just ripped through the whole thing and then um the first the first real horror movie i ever watched was uh mama by guillermo del toro oh wow and and it's it's still one of my favorites really it's a good one i can't wait to talk about that one man yeah it's a real good one um with uh with today's topic, we already talked about like what today's topic is no, going to be. We haven't. No, let's not okay. a good rad synopsis for what we're talking I think about. So, because I feel like I feel like that's also an important part of veils in my backstory. <laughs> today's oh, topic, indeed. absolutely. So. Yeah, let's let's dip our toes in the pool there, Vale. What yeah. uh, do you have a a good rad synopsis and or else do you have okay i i do i do i do have one um here's the thing is Mm. i've already done a good rad synopsis uh for this before spoiler Ah, alert we have that's true mentioned this before um so this this is the new one that i've got and it's if you can't make your own friends summoned is fine (laughs) okay perhaps not so fine as we'll get into it later so that's that's mine that's mine uh connor do you have one else do you have one Hmm. I'd say something along the lines of this is exactly what I signed up for. Wait a minute. This isn't what I signed up for. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. From uh, loosely (laughs) remembering. Loosely uh, (laughs) interpreted. Uh, Right. (laughs) Well, uh, for anybody, anybody who knows me, who knows else, who knows anything about damnable execrable mm-hmm. arts uh we're gonna be talking about dr faustus today mm-hmm. Woo! so yes this is this is a major part of uh else and uh our our friendship story we became i don't think it's that big largely. of a thing really. oh no it's not that big of a thing at all it's not something that's been driving our work relationship for the past three years uh no so on the study abroad um i had a I had a concept for how to do this show, and I was talking about it uh, in a church, in a cathedral in Oxford, and else, uh, else overheard it and decided that was reason I enough. To needed be it. <laughs> I needed it. I needed it. Nah. Um, Gosh. Yeah. It. I just. I just. My. My ears perked up as I. As I heard you describing this director's concept. I'm like, ah, that aligns with my entire personality. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 
yeah, Dr. Faustus. Um, I Connor, it's actually kind of funny. This is this hmm. is a piece of our our history and our friendship because yeah, like you and I became friends in 2016 in the class that we were in when we had to read this. Yes, we did, and that was the last time I read this. So I love it. Ah, I'm a bit at a disadvantage today, but I am very much looking forward to hearing y'all's synopsis. Good. I I'm ready for this. I. Gee whiz, when did I find out about Dr. Faustus? I feel like I was one of the first people in my friend group to find out that there was a show about the devil, about a man who <laughs> the devil, um, <laughs> figuring things out about Christopher Marlowe. Um, but the first time that I think I sat down and really digested it was in 2016 when we had okay. this, uh, it was a dramatic literature class. Um, and reading through it, I, I don't know why I don't, I still to this day cannot exactly pinpoint why these themes means so much to me why this show means so much to me i just love it to death it's well i i find the titular character to be extremely relatable but point is is uh i love this show and i have read it thousands of times (laughs) and uh had the chance to direct it in 2016 where else played mephistopheles there we go yeah. Uh, so for for my part, uh, I I first I first read Doctor Faustus I think in 2017, um, and it was at a point in my life where for about the past five years or so, it, hell and infernal imagery has been a very very important thing to me, and so reading Doctor <laughs> Faustus was fascinating and then hearing your ideas about it was really what cemented mm, our our relationship kind of totally i i think i think just i i will explain my director's concept i will explain what i said to else um please all those years ago so my my concept um for dr faust is very much came from a professor that you and i shared as well um he had very similar ideas about Hmm. putting faustus to 80s rock hard 80s rock like ac and i know the exact professor yes yes you do yes you do good old good old professor that one and i i just ever since you know he talked about it i would i became hyper fixated on it and uh, Mm. throughout the years i first heard about it in 2015 i think um is when he started talking about it and yeah i hyper fixated on it for so long that it just became my own thing um Mm. And my my own concepts, my own ideas. I did know um, the the thing that I did take from him, uh, sir. Thank you so much for this. Was ending the show on Hell's Bells, but hey. what, I, <laughs> what I saw in my That's head, awesome. bleh, what I saw in my head was, you know, you know how Hell's Bells starts right with mm. the with the bells going off, and then there's just that guitar yeah. riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I saw in that moment was I saw Faustus's ending monologue because for those of you, we'll get to it. Faustus tries, mm. well, and Faustus bemoans uh, the fact that he feels like he can't repent at the end. And as he's tapering off, um, the bells start tolling and he finishes his monologue. And I just saw like right as that riff begins, I just saw this hand reach out from underneath the stage and just curl their, their clawed little fingers around mm. Faustus's ankle and then 
Mephistopheles just pulling themselves up to drag that's Thanos awesome. to hell in this song. And so that that was like that was one of the things that just really clicked with me. That was that was a visual moment, and that's what I I told to Else. But really, I think the rest of my concept actually stemmed from the Who song Eminence Front. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone go home and listen to it because it's it's still to this day one of my favorite songs. Um, just just this concept about lying and. Uh, and what we do to try and convince people. So um, with with that director's concept out of the way, though, uh, I feel like maybe it might be good to get into the synopsis. Let's dive in. Do we feel like yes. doing that? Yes. Okay. So uh, Dr. Faustus was written. Uh, it was a, it's a Shakespeare contemporary by my man Christopher Marlowe. Um, there is, fun fact, there is an A text and a B text to this um, written in the... Hmm. 1600s early 1600s the there's a a slight difference between the two uh, and by slight i mean the noticeable difference is whether or not faustus is preordained to be damned mm. uh and and there's there's some very interesting differences between the two scripts that either allude to faustus not having a choice or faustus completely acting in free will the fate versus free will argument that's cool yeah very much so mm. so very much so um so marlo wrote this sucker off with uh with a chorus the first moment in this in this show is the chorus coming out and saying we're gonna talk about faustus and this is meant to be a tragedy this is meant to be a warning tale um so don't don't get any funny ideas about this being a, a rollicking good time and then very quickly <laughs> we head into a rollicking good time uh where <laughs> John Faustus is introduced, and he very much strikes me as a man full of ennui, where he just is uh, not satisfied with the three degrees that he's earned. He's he's called a triple doctorate because he's earned mm. a doctorate of law, of science, and divinity. So he has actually <laughs> studied religion. He has actually studied divinity, and he's like extensively ah. so. I'm bored mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, yeah, extensively. <laughs> yeah, he's like at this point. At this point in the story, he's like seriously made a name for himself mm. as an expert in each of these three areas. It's awesome. So you. Know, so he's a again, smart dude. He's mm-hmm. he's not an idiot. He's not an idiot. Uh, but he's also an idiot. He's <laughs> 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 Book smarts versus street smarts. Mm. Um, but in this in this opening scene, there are a couple things that are introduced. Is one, Faustus likes to ramble a lot to himself out loud in <laughs> Latin. Uh, hmm. He likes to hear himself talk. He's very ber- verbose. He and Polonius, I think, would have gotten along very well. <laughs> and uh, and there's also another convention: uh, the good and bad shoulder angels. Mm. They pop up and try mm-hmm. and sway faustus and as he's like oh man i think what would be a good idea is if i got into magic and the good angel pops up and is like please don't (laughs) (laughs) hi i dare you not to (laughs) i dare you not to the the bad angel is like please 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 i double dare you do it yes do it it. (laughs) (laughs) in the words of sheath palpatine please Um, and then Faustus has a couple of friends drop by and they're like, so you want to do it? You, you ready to sell your soul for some magic tricks? And Faustus is like, oh, hell yeah. Like, don't even doubt. Don't even, don't even pretend like I'm not into it. 
Uh, <laughs> that's the first scene. All mm. right. So we get kind of right into done. the action. Pretty mm-hmm. much. Pretty much. Uh, the next scene, you get a little piece of uh, how Faustus has this servant, uh, this, this little errand boy named Wagner, um, which in, in the show that we did, we turned Wagner into Faustus's like best friend, roommate, mm-hmm. question mark. Um, yeah. Because I just didn't know how servants translated to the modern era. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wagner runs into some professors that Faustus knew. And these professors are like, where's that guy been? What's been going on? Has anybody seen him? And Wagner runs by and they're like, dude, do you know where he is? And Wagner makes like some super quippy remark of just like, please, if you knew Faustus, like you wouldn't be asking me these questions. And they're like, yeah, but we are asking you these questions. So if you could just answer us again, we're not here to have a rollicking good time. This is a tragedy. This right, is an absolute right, right. tragedy. Um, basically, Wagner is like, yeah, Faustus is totally selling his soul this evening. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> they're like, yeah, what indeed are we going to do about it? <laughs> I hope that doesn't go wrong for it. <laughs> That's the second scene. It's really really gripping. Some amazing action going on in that (laughs) scene. There's actually Uh, some funny back and forth between Wagner and and these professors, but... uh, Yeah, it seems to be a lot funnier than it uh, promised it it wouldn't be. I feel deceived Mm -hmm. Uh, as a hypothetical audience member. Oh, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, the next scene is, is, I think, where it really kicks off. Wouldn't you say, Els? Yeah, a little Mm -hmm. bit, yeah. So what what happens what happens in the next scene is uh, Faustus does he does he end up talking to those scholars first and just kind of disses them off into the shadow realm or something? Um, <laughs> so Faustus gets these texts together and learns from his friends and eventually sets up a ritual to summon forth the demon Mephistopheles. And he goes through this long incantation in Latin, abjuring the name of God and calling this demon forth from the hellish depths. And lo and behold, Mephistopheles appears in all of his infernal, horned, cloven-hoofed glory, whatever. (laughs) And immediately... Faustus is like, oh, nope, 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 that's, that's bad, that's ugly, uh, please don't look like that, can you not? And sends, sends Mephistopheles off to come back in the form of a Franciscan friar, because the, the appearance of divinity better suits a demon than actually looking like a demon, I guess. Um... And it's just a it's just a really funny first interaction between these two characters. So he just um, kind of shames him until he changes his clothes. Basically, basically. seriously, basically. seriously, go back. Thou, thou art too <laughs> ugly to serve me. <laughs> and Mephistopheles is oh. like, I came because you called, but okay, <laughs> fine. Nice. Um, so Mephistopheles changes into this uh, this friar, which in our show was like a priest with mm. the with the collar and everything. Yeah. Um, and they go on to have this conversation where Faustus asks Mephistopheles about hell and kind of tries to command Mephistopheles to do his bidding, and Mephistopheles says, 
bro, you don't control me. I just came because you were dumb enough to say that incantation, <laughs> which means that you might be interested in going to hell. But for right now, I'm only a servant to Lucifer. And John's like, okay, how do I get you to serve me? And it's really interesting because Mephistopheles kind of goes on this rant about how sucky, how horrible it is to be damned mm. um how horrible it is to be in hell and mm, faustus says but wait you're not in hell i summoned you here to earth and mephistopheles says everywhere i go is hell mm. anywhere that is not heaven is hell for me and uh, it's just this. It's just this interesting moment where Mephistopheles is kind of warning Faustus, saying, "You'd better leave this alone. You know, you fuck around and find out. You don't <laughs> want to find out, my man." Yeah. And John just responds with, "Yeah, you kind of sound like a pansy to me. I am manly. I am masculine. I can handle. I can handle." hard things. You see these three doctorates? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've already been through hell, baby. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and he, he kind of sends Mephistopheles off saying, okay, check in with Lucifer, see if he'll accept my soul and uh, come back when you when you get news from <laughs> from the, the big man, the devil himself. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, he just kind of sends Mef off, and Mef's like, okay, dude. <laughs> um, oh, oh my gosh. Do you feel like he gave him sufficient warning uh, along with all the other warnings? Yes! Seriously! Oh, okay. boy, howdy. Yes, no, like... entirely. <laughs> that's like, that's like a... An ongoing thing in this script is just like warning after warning after oh, warning, man. but we'll yeah. get to it. Oh, this is, this is going to come up quite frequently. Is that uh, literally everything in Faustus's life, including the demon he summons, is like, uh -huh. what if you didn't? <laughs> <laughs> what if you didn't? Maybe you should consider that you don't want to do this. And this was something that like Elsa and I talked extensively about. Was like, mm. why in the world would a demon like like does this demon actually mean what he says when he said don't do it don't do it mm -hmm. like is like this, is this like, like is a... yeah is that is that is that warning supposed to be a genuine warning trying hmm. to stop john or is it supposed to be some kind of weird reverse psychology is it a tactic to get john to kind of double down uh and yeah mephistopheles is uh arc throughout is pretty interesting in how they uh manipulate john and get john mm. to uh remain committed yeah. but it's very awesome very interesting mephistopheles is always an interesting character and and hmm. uh, i i feel we will we will talk a little bit more about that but i mean like mm -hmm. i mean look at this lie like Mephistopheles says, Faustus leave these frivolous demands which strike a terror to my fainting soul, you know? So mm -hmm. Mephistopheles is like, believe me when I say you don't want to do this. And <laughs> Faustus just is like, learn thou of my manly fortitude. That's literally mm -hmm. the comeback. That's literally the comeback. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and, it's so, and it's so, it's so goofy because... <laughs> 
because uh, Mephistopheles is saying these things like, "I've I've seen the face of." God, I have tasted eternal bliss, and I lost that, and I regret every second since then. Like, I have suffered 10,000 hells because I turned away from God. And believe me, son, you don't want hell. And John's response is, I don't think hell's real. I think hell's a myth. And it's like, and it's like, He's Faustus. John's one of those idiot geniuses. Yeah, seriously. Yes. Well, okay. I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy has like this weird combination <laughs> of like bitter ex-Christian uh, mm. and agnostic atheist, while summoning <laughs> these these entities, while summoning a literal demon. <laughs> yeah, John's an interesting little boy. I, <laughs> truly dumb of ass. I mean, really. Hmm. Yeah. Well put. He's, he, well, and and that's the other funny thing too about Faustus is that throughout the script, every now and again, Faustus will be like, "Oh, I never should have sold my soul," and he'll like turn on Mephistopheles and be like, "You hmm. idiot! Like you made me do this." And Mephistopheles is like, uh, "I warned you. I watched it." Was so like in the next mm-hmm. scene, Faustus is back on his on his BS again and is like, "Oh wait, <laughs> must I needs be damned? Uh oh, what do I think about this?" Um. And and actually, Faustus, you get you get some insight as to you know why Faustus ba- bounces back and forth is he he says so. All right, so in this monologue, in this next monologue, he he's like, why why am I wavering? Why am I wavering here? So something soundeth in my ear. Abjure this magic. Turn to God again. And Faustus says, why he loves me not. So you get this one insight into Faustus and into John mm. Faustus, and that is God doesn't love him. For whatever reason, that has just been fixed in his mind. Uh, mm. And so he's like, that's that's not where I'm going. I'm going to serve Lucifer and Beelzebub. And he even says, like, when he first meets Mephistopheles, he says, like, had I as many souls as there be stars, I'd give them all for Mephistopheles. So mm-hmm. there, there's something here that I definitely have gravitated towards, and it's it's that Faustus wants a friend. <laughs> he wants someone. He wants, unlike, unlike God, he wants mm-hmm. someone who is actually, like, physically there. <laughs> giving him answers and giving him love. So he's like, all right, well, I tried to worship one and it didn't work out. So let's worship the other. Um, But nonetheless, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the good and evil angels pop up again and they're like, please reconsider. Please don't do it. And then they, they run away again. And I'm actually pretty sure in these, uh, in the stage directions, it says that they're fighting like the, the good and evil angel are supposed to be literally fighting each other in this moment. Um, and so I just yeah. want to give a shout out. Hey, remember when we had M uh, talking about yeah. Kenny and Murphy in 28 Days Later? Yes. M, M in, in the 2019 production, they played uh, the good angel. And <laughs> I was like, great. So I need you guys to sword fight. You know how to sword fight, right? And M was like, uh-huh. And so they and the evil angel did their own fight choreography. And I said, I just need you to kind of move around this way. Will you do that for me? And they were like, uh-huh, sure. We'll come up with something. <laughs> and, it was, and it was just, it was just so funny because there would be, there would be Faustus at the front of the stage having this, like 
dramatic angsty monologue mm. and then behind him there's these two angels just <laughs> duking it out trying to get his attention <laughs> it's pretty good uh, and they, boy and their fight choreography was some of the most fun i've ever watched in my life like they were absolutely brilliant Nolte that's excellent Ballard, if you guys are still the mvps that um, makes the idea of exactly. of John denying like divinity that much better because he's got these mm-hmm. sword fighting angels behind him and he's like I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, I, shut up back there. <laughs> you can't think when you're fighting. No, but for real. Oh. It's well, and I think that just continues to highlight his dumb of ass nature, right? Is that he's like standing there front and center of just like, "Oh, what should I do?" And there's just mm-hmm. these two entities behind him in the back of like, "Maybe you should turn around and watch." Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to try and tell you what to do. Uh, so, yeah, awesome. Mephistopheles comes back and is like, I got great news. Lucifer says it's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. What you want to do? And Faustus is like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. part of this- Mephistopheles. Oh, sorry. No, go for it. Yeah. Uh, Mephistopheles, yeah, comes in and says, yeah, Lucifer wants your soul. That would be, uh, that would be amenable. Yes. Uh, and they kind of set up this this uh, contract where Mephistopheles will serve Faustus, teaching Faustus everything that he wants to know and magic and the secrets of the universe for 24 years. Um, and uh, when when John says, yes, okay, I, I agree to all of that. I've uh, I, I have abjured God. I'm ready to go forward. And mm. Mephistopheles says, okay, so you gotta sign this contract in your own blood, and gives Faustus a knife, and Faustus is like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm manly, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I've got this. Remember when I said I was manly? Mm-hmm. Watch I'm me. a real man, I'm not afraid. Um, and uh, Faustus stabs his, his hand, or his arm, or uh-huh. something like that, and... yeah. Almost immediately, the blood just like clots up, yeah. And uh, this is this is really just one of the most in this in this play about demons and mm. you know uh, hubris and all these different things. This is just a moment of complete nonsense where John's blood clots up and he's like, "I can't write with this. It's not like it's not working." And Mephistopheles <laughs> is like, "Well, give me just a second. I'll get some fire to." Melt, melt your <laughs> blood clots what in the world cause that's how cause, cause that's what fire does to open wounds right <laughs> it makes right. the blood run more which you know I mean I think it's a fantastic representation of how much medical knowledge was in there but like yeah. then there's also the opportunity of like no nah, let's 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 find the metaphorical uh, right. implications of putting hellfire into your blood right so yeah you, you might want to get edgy but no no we just kind of sat there and fixated on like this is stupid Marlon <laughs> was it crack this was is it stupid. crack that you're smoking uh. <laughs> you can't just melt blood with fire <laughs> People are not candle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, almost immediately, immediately after that, John starts trying to trying to write his signature again, mm. and the blood on his arm runs in such a way that it forms the letters in Latin. It forms the words "man fly," and it's like. This is just another one of those moments where 
everything, literally his own body, is warning John, warning Faustus not to do this. I think that's Latin for dude, stop. It's, it's literally Latin for good God, girl, get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get a grip. Again, very dumb, smart man. Mm-hmm. Really, though. He's, he's just, well, and Faustus makes a very good very good comment where he's like come on body like why aren't you dealing with this like is is not my body my own mm-hmm. you know and so you get again you get this uh, fate preordination versus right. free will and i think that's something that i really appreciate about this play is just is just how well it comes up with these admittedly kind of goofy moments but nonetheless <laughs> it's like your body your life substance literally said don't do it and you are mm. so persistent you are so determined to turn against your very nature just to hmm. do what you want to do bananas Bruh. bananas Bruh. decision making <laughs> bananas mm-hmm. john sir bananas <laughs> just a little bit uh mm. So yeah, Faustus writes out this whole bit where he's like, I want Mephistopheles in particular. I want him to come hang out with me and be my best friend. We will hold hands. We will go ice skating, eat a whole roll of sugar cookie dough as fast as we possibly can, and then to finish we'll snuggle. <laughs> that's what that's what it is, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much. I got the script right here. It's yeah, like, yeah. If I if I remember correctly, right that's almost word for word what Christopher yeah. Marlowe wrote. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Great recollection. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Here's the thing about uh, John Faustus and Mephistopheles is that there's a lot of gay comments. I believe I mentioned this mm. in our very first episode. Is there's yeah. a lot of comments hinting at a relationship between the two. It's not overt. It's not. It's not nearly as overt mm. as like Carmilla that we were talking about the other day. It's right. Not nearly as overt as like literally any other play uh and that's because gay wasn't really something you publicized very well uh when when you lived in a catholic slash protestant theocracy uh Mm, and marlo in particular was a blasphemous hedonistic atheist bi homosexual Mm. Some people argue for both. Um, So we got to see, we got to, we love seeing uh, some self-representation in, in plays. You can see a lot of Marlowe through this. Um, Yeah. And I think, I think one of the ways that you see Marlowe is just in these little subtle, they gay, they gay, Mm. (laughs) gay moments. Um, I, I think, yeah, this is always, this is always, even from 2016, studying this at Brigham Young University, Idaho, I was like, I think they gay mm-hmm. i think they like each other at least, at least i think faustus really likes mephistopheles mm. um and and we'll get to a part later on where i think mephistopheles kinds of re- returns that favor but uh mm-hmm. but point is is that faustus wants to hang out with mephistopheles for 24 years wants to be a spirit wants to have magic tricks and, and he keeps saying he's like man i want to do crazy things with this power like i want to raise mountains level level mountains destroy oceans Mm. i want to take the moon out of its sphere i want (laughs) to swing the planets around my little finger i I want to eat things uh yeah yeah throughout throughout all of these first scenes he's just talking about how all of this all of these degrees all of this knowledge he has accrued 
he kind of has uh, he, he kind of breaks down exactly like why he went into each one and why at the time it seemed like a worthy pursuit mm. but now he just finds himself wanting more and more like nothing really satiates his need to do and know more for himself for the world either way around and yeah in this in this contract he basically kind of sets himself up to like be a demigod he wants to be able to shape the world hmm. and you know really things yeah and, <laughs> and meth is like okay yeah sounds cool bro yeah all right <laughs> all right we can do that we can make yeah. that happen we can make that happen so yeah, so they, they sign this deal and it seems like it's going to be a good time. And Faust just kind of immediately launches into, tell me about heaven, tell me about God, tell me about mm-hmm. uh, uh, more, a little bit more about hell. Um, and this is where we get into the I think hell's a fable bit. Is mm-hmm. and and this is this is what I think is interesting is this is again really reflective of like that medieval mentality of, you know, you know how. Both of you have studied theater, so both of you know we. about morality plays and yep. um, and about how... I was in a morality play, Everyman. Nice. You were in Everyman? <laughs> yeah. When did they do Everyman? Oh, jeez. That was high school. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought was... you were talking about like BYU-Idaho. No. I was like, what? No. <laughs> okay. Because BYU-Idaho also did like a, a series of morality plays written by uh, yeah. Dr. J. Omar Hansen. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that I was in. All right, all right. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so the and in medieval times they would do this thing where they would do these like parades where they would have um, floats, like, sort of like interactive hmm. rooms almost. It was, it was yeah, these like a parade that we think of them. But yeah, yeah, they're they were like theater carts almost, oh, yeah. theater wagons, nifty. Yeah, yeah. Is is more like a Disneyland parade that you could like go in and step into the float and like interact with the princesses, I guess. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think of it. Yeah. Um, but the point is, like, the Catholic Church would like they had one for hell, mm. and it was every single time where everyone wanted to go hang out. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was like, oh. "Oh, let's go to the hell wagon." <laughs> it's so rad. It's just, it's got depictions of, you know, just people being poked with pitchforks and burning, (laughs) you know, classic hell iconography. Right. And, and it just kind of raises this discussion where a lot of these medieval peasants were like, so you're telling me if I'm not good, if I like, you know, do the things that are fun in this life, like drinking (sighs) rock and roll music and and Mm -hmm. snuggling. Being gay, doing crimes. Being gay, doing crime. (laughs) <laughs> you're telling me that I'm going to go somewhere just a little bit different than the life that I'm currently living now. Mm, doesn't seem all that bad if you just no, yeah. not really. sleeping <laughs> yeah. on, the, you know, the floor. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of see a little bit of that when when Faustus is talking with Mephistopheles again. And he's like, what do you mean? This is hell and I'll willingly be damned. Uh, he's a, uh, sleeping, eating, walking, disputing. If this if this everything that you're saying is in fact hell, rad. I'm for it. Yeah. Let's do it. And Mephistopheles mm-hmm. is like, you still don't get it. <laughs> Why don't you get it? You stupid boy. And Faustus is like, eh, I just think it's fun. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, but eventually, Faustus oversteps just a little bit too much and is like, uh, tell me more about God, and Mephistopheles shuts that down. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'd yeah. rather not talk about this. 
Yeah, yeah. John, John, like asks. John asks where hell is and where heaven is, and you know all these questions about Lucifer and these things. And uh, he gets to the question. I think. I think he asks who created the world, who created Mm. everything, and Mephistopheles says, "I can't tell you that. That's like against." the laws of our kingdom Hmm. um to to talk about how god created everything and it's yeah it's this it's this interesting moment of tension where john's saying okay but i this is in the contract you have to tell me what Mm -hmm. i ask you to do and mephistopheles says yeah i i I will tell you and do for you anything that isn't against our kingdom, isn't against mm-hmm. hell. And when John keeps pressing Mephistopheles, Mephistopheles just leaves. Yep. <laughs> just he just walks out. He's like, "Okay, I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm done. See you later." <laughs> yep. <laughs> Gets so pissed. <laughs> That's great. We gotta love a, ba- a, a demon with a, a couple of self-respecting boundaries, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is that when Mephistopheles comes back, he's also got a friend. Hmm. And then we get into potentially the wackiest, one of the wackier. I'm gonna say campy. Truly, a yeah. Very okay. Campy scene in this play. <laughs> Extremely campy. It's it- called the Sin Pageant. The Sin Pageant. They call pageant this of scene sin. The Sin Pageant. Uh, that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, why don't you break it down? Why don't you break it down, Else? Yeah, so, um, so Mephistopheles leaves in a huff, and John almost immediately starts, like, questioning things again, starts doubting things again, and uh, almost, almost gets to the point of... Uh, recanting and repenting and reaching out to to God to Jesus Christ and uh, how we how we had it in our show is John you know starts making this plea to God and then a door in the back swings open and Lucifer walks in and is like no don't talk to Jesus (laughs) Jesus doesn't care about your lonely soul I do and it's just it, <laughs> yeah. um Lucifer Lucifer comes in and Meph comes in and they bring with them the the seven deadly sins. Ooh. Uh greed and and gluttony and lust and wrath and all those boys uh mm. come in and have like this weird little show for hmm. John for John it's where like a yeah, where sin talent show? Yeah, yes! basically. <laughs> basically, where, okay. you know, these these sins just all come pouring into Faustus's room, and he's like, what is happening? And just one after the other, they get up front and talk about, like, what they embody and all mm. of the horrible things that they do. And, um, and... You know, Wrath talking about how how angry he is at the world, how he just right. wants to break everything down, and uh, Lust talking about the pleasures of the flesh or whatever, and then Sloth comes up, oh and Sloth Sloth is just like I'm Sloth, and uh, I'm not like 
you couldn't get me to talk more if you paid me and then just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. Um, uh, all, all, these, awesome. all these sins get like these nice little tight monologues and Slop yeah. is like, hey. Hey. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, it's just this it's just this parade of sin. Mm. And in in the script, it says that John is like amazed and bedazzled by what he <laughs> sees, which is like it's a bunch of horrible things talking about the horrible things that they do. But okay, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. It's yeah. Faustus is like, now this sight doth delight my soul. <laughs> and Lucifer's like, oh yeah, this is everything that goes down in hell this is uh, where we are all the time mm-hmm. yes delightful mm-hmm. indeed delightful i feel like john indeed. faustus is an avid like true crime uh, mm-hmm. fan but for all the wrong reasons oh mm-hmm. my gosh yep john yeah listens to murder podcasts. yeah very much so yes mm. for sure yep. For sure, yeah, and and in especially in our show too, like the sins kind of ganged up on him a lot. Like they yeah. were like, super like encroaching on his space to be like, "Hey man, what's up?" And our we're friends was now, like, yeah. Oh, I don't like any of this. Like I think we had lust like uh, lick his face, lick the whole side of his yeah. face. Just really getting right up in there. Yeah, um, that wasn't great. And the. Yeah, and the entire time, like, in, in the scene, there's Faustus and the Sins and Lucifer and Mephistopheles. And, like, while Lucifer is kind of orchestrating this pageant and, you know, you know, getting up in John's grill, just trying to befriend him, the entire time Mephistopheles was just in the background trying to wrangle all of the Sins to keep them from just, like, destroying Faustus's apartment. <laughs> It was good times. It was good times. Yeah, good times. I, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely have... Uh, we we recorded the show, and honestly, there have been some days where I've been feeling kind of sad, and I'll just go back and watch that sin pageant, because <laughs> I, I, let, I let those actors have so much free will. Lust and Wrath started making out at one point. Um, cool, man. Another, another friend uh, was playing Gluttony and would just, like, stick his head in this mini-fridge that we had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just start like, shoving <laughs> everything down his gullet. That's awesome. It was, it was really great. So I think, like, on times. the... Yeah, and like on the on the last night where you know we're pulling out all the stops, yeah, gluttony, yeah, gluttony, gluttony. Like they they said, hey, I'm gonna do some things, and we're like, okay. And at the end of the Hi. scene, when all the sins leave, gotten gluttony just full on grabs the mini fridge and took it. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and that mini fridge was not light at all. Like by uh, any means, it was, <laughs> man, it was so good. Yeah, so. <laughs> props to that kid so yeah. that's kind of uh it's kind of weird we we then get a one of those uh, hmm. the chorus comes Mon- back that's what i'm trying yes. to think i was gonna say montage but like the fact is the chorus comes back yeah, yeah. and um the chorus is montage monologue when they're explaining all the fun things that Faustus has, Faustus and Mephistopheles have gone around doing. Mm. It's basically been a lot of um, space tourism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really yeah. is space tourism. Cool. Laden with so many homoerotic undertones so and jokes. Many. It's lovely. <laughs> oh my word. Like, um, like, uh, the, the chorus talks about how uh, John rides a dragon across uh-huh. the sky looking at the stars and it's like mm, mm-hmm uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Uh huh. That sounds mm-hmm. majestic. I can show you the world. <laughs> I can show you the world. It's uh, great. Yeah. It's great. Um, and and so now we get to a scene that I actually have always really loved. I thought it was. This is, I think, the scene where you start to see that relationship between Mephistopheles mm. and Faustus. Mm-hmm. Um, so years go by, and Mephistopheles brings Faustus into the Vatican City, mm. essentially to go mess with the Pope. Um, <laughs> yes. And and it's this really it's this really tender scene though because it happens right before they go mess with the Pope. And mm-hmm. Faustus is like, dude, where am I? And Mephistopheles is like, well, I thought you might like it if we had fun because I, I, I know you and you know me and I think that you would like to mess with the Pope. And Faustus is like, oh my gosh, babe. You, <laughs> you know it's, I love hating the Pope. You know I love... <laughs> Have you seen the history of the world? Like by Bill Wirtz. <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> like, come on, Pope, let's take back the Holy Land. I know you want to take back the Holy Land. <laughs> Basically, this bit. Um, but here's the thing w- with this scene is, um, basically, every time they talk to each other. Not only do they repeat each other's name, which is not something that people do in normal conversation. I've been talking to you guys for a little over an hour now, and Mm -hmm. I have not said your name a thousand times. Not only that, they put these prefixes in front of each other's names. So when they're talking to each other, not only do they say Faustus and Mephistopheles, they say my Faustus and my Mephistopheles. They say sweet Mm. Mephistopheles and gentle Faustus and sweet and gentle were basically like saying babe. It really was a pet name to say you're my boyfriend. Yeah. Were a thing. And so basically in every sentence, it's babe this, babe that, babe love of my life, pal, (laughs) doll. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's, and it's, really kind of cute i think mm-hmm. adorable I think. yeah and nice. then yeah they they have this they have this lovely moment where uh john's like where are we and meth's like oh we're in the pope's privy chambers we're in the pope's private quarters or the pope's bathroom depending on how you interpret, yeah, that. You want to interpret that um yeah yeah and they and they have this they have this kind of tender moment where John's like, "Babe, you really do know me, don't you?" <laughs> and really you know, these are some these are some you know kind of doubts and some hard things I've been wrestling with. And Matt's like, "Nah, babe, I got you. We're here to have fun." And uh, then they both perk up and realize, oh, hey, there's some there's some cardinals and the Pope coming this way. We should get out of here. Yeah. Um, excellent. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Um, what what happens? What happens next? Yeah. So the drama, the tea that's going on in the Vatican at that point in time is there's a there is another Pope. Uh, hmm. You remember that time who... in history when there was three popes, right? Yeah. Yes. I don't know if this is that moment, but the point is that's kind of what's happening. We mm. got so, we got more than one popes in here. We got more yeah. than one pope. Yeah, mm. and the the capital P pope hmm. uh, has has Bruno the lowercase p pope in chains and okay. is you know basically talking about how they're going to 
they're going to imprison him and torture him and execute him or something. Is that what they tried to do? Yeah. Basically. Basically. Yeah. Classic Make his life not fun. Classic (laughs) And uh, Faustus and Mephistopheles are watching this and Mephistopheles turns uh turns the both of them invisible so that they mm. may walk unseen uh which uh has has another has another another innuendo in that moment mm. um where yeah where john is like enchant me mephistopheles and mephistopheles is like kneel that i may enchant you and it's just <laughs> guys guys right. i know you're invisible i know you're invisible but get a room <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something oh my gosh it's something um, and th- i think that was the worst part about directing the show for byu was that i couldn't overtly uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. The joke that I wanted it to be that Marlo <laughs> knew it should be, and that was the one time I've sinned against Marlo. Uh, darn shame, awesome. darn shame that. Yeah. Mm. Um. But they yeah. they go on. Uh, Mephistopheles and Faustus like dress up, put on put on the visage of other cardinals, and kind of break bruno out of there send him flying home on a magical horse something like that (laughs) yeah really though uh yeah and they trick they trick the pope into uh imprisoning the cardinals that they looked like because the other cardinals (laughs) come back and the pope's like hey did you uh did you throw bruno in jail like i said and those cardinals are like what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) We haven't talked to each other in, like, an hour. Um, (laughs) And the Pope says, How dare you defy me? You are also going to jail. Uh, (laughs) Prison for a thousand years. Um, Jail. Jail for cardinals. And then then the the scene just goes on kind of kind of devolves into the pope having the feast of saint peter and hmm. this you know massive spread laid out yummy and john yeah, just hmm. yeah john just john just starts like stealing all of the pope's food <laughs> and yeah starts like oh, yeah. starts like a food fight in the vatican oh my god and when when the priests and the pope and everyone try to like oh there's a poltergeist we're gonna try to bless this place to banish it out john just full-on slaps the pope (laughs) yeah get him it's great great. get the pope john (laughs) yeah yeah the pope makes this big deal of like setting up this prayer and does like the sign of the cross and john is like i've just about had enough of this and just wildly smacks him across the face and the pope is like oh no i'm dead (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's great yeah it's the rest of the vatican city just is like no the pope got pranked so hard he died seriously well it's it is just such a such a funny moment where john slaps the pope and everyone's like oh damn ghost (laughs) just slapped the pope and the pope starts starts like screaming making this to do about oh i've been murdered or something like that and gets (laughs) dragged off stage but oh my! It's great. Yeah. It's great. All the attendants are like, "Cursed be he!" And Mephistopheles is like, "What you gonna do about that, John?" And John is like, <laughs> "Revel in it. Thank you." 
<laughs> so they have a good time. Uh, they they thoroughly yeah. thoroughly enjoy themselves. Uh, and that's kind of how that ends. So, you know, camp basically yeah. is the secondary theme mm-hmm. of the show. Yeah. It really was. Here's the thing. <laughs> A lot of people think that Shakespeare was the favored son of the Elizabethan era, and that's just not mm. fact. That's just not fact. Because mm. it was Marlowe, Webster, and Ford, actually, that mm. were, like, the the big, big fans. And it's because they were writing... Mm. It was basically the difference between, like, lowbrow and highbrow art. Sure. Mm-hmm. Granted, Shakespeare wrote, like, a ton of dick jokes. Shakespeare absolutely was yeah. lowbrow. Um, but we kind of treat Shakespeare as super highbrow, and so his contemporaries kind of get snubbed a bit. But mm. they really were the favored ones because they wrote stuff like this, because they had slightly blasphemous undertones. They had kind of racy things. Like if you read Duchess of Malfi or White Devil, which are, um, like I said, John Webster and John Ford, um, yeah. they just they just have a lot more gritty content in it as opposed to like Midsummer Night's Dream or As You Like It, which is all fairies and cross-dressing. <laughs> um, so yeah, Marlowe, uh, Dr. Faustus was pretty damn popular because it had things like slapping the Pope and made <laughs> demons. Yeah. So humanity doesn't like, really change. Yeah, not, not at all. And if... Uh, They'll, they'll co- correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, oh, you know I, I feel like no. This is this is a later point. This is a later point where mm. uh, they bring out giant dildos. No, this what? <laughs> no, this is that scene. Oh, yep, that's okay. That is the yeah. scene. Awesome. Yeah, they bring out these giant dildos and just start slapping cardinals with them. What? Much. Um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Some interpreted yeah. texts have. Uh, this is amazing. They're not just using hands, man. They're. Uh, <sighs> yep. They got some props to go with it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, again, things that I wish I could have put in the BYU show that I did. Right. <laughs> it's okay. Catch me later. Catch me at the RSC mm. later on in my Yee-yee. life. It is. It is honestly my dream. I. I would very much like to direct every iteration of Faustus available. So at some point, mm. I will be doing Goethe's mm. Faust as well. Um. And awesome. someday I will make it back to the RSC. Uh, where mm-hmm. my dream cast is that Mads Mikkelsen will come and be Mephistopheles. So. Yes. Mm. Yep. Yep, yep, that yep, is, yep, I've yep, told, yep. I've told else like else oh. has cemented themselves so in thoroughly in my brain as like the definitive Mephistopheles, but Matt Mickelson mm. absolutely yeah. is like, if I get the chance and I've already apologized, but not apologized. <laughs> that's my, <laughs> Oh yeah. Up. Before, <laughs> yeah. Before we, before we move on with the story synopsis, mm. I don't know if we've actually said it out loud to our listeners, but yeah, that's the, that's where I was. I was playing Mephistopheles um, yes. No, we said we mentioned that. We mentioned that. Yeah. Right? Have we? Have we? Mm, well, I don't know if we ever explicitly. Reminder I don't know if we ever explicitly said that, but eh. well, explicitly. <laughs> <said>. <laughs> there, it's out there. Um, I cast Elsa's Mephistopheles. They played the demon. Yes, I was the demon. Good. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So yeah, so we we're gonna we're gonna stay with some more camp, but because Faustus does this great thing, the Emperor, who was not a fan of the Capital P Pope, is like, Yay, I found my new best friend. This Emperor <laughs> w- I there are multiple interpretations I think that could be made for this Emperor, but I basically made him into this Elton John esque creature. Awesome. Raging bisexual mm-hmm. of a dude. Mm-hmm. Um 
But yeah, the emperor's like, yay, Faustus, come over. I want you to do magic tricks for me and let's have a party. <laughs> let's have a lot of fun. And Faustus is like, this sounds like a good idea. Let's go. And the emperor has a couple of really drunk, rabble-rousing friends who kind of make fun of Faustus the entire time. And they're just like, please, this is ridiculous. Faustus gets a little upset about this and is like, fine, then, if you're going to be that way. And he has Mephistopheles go, like, cement horns into this guy's head. His, his name oh, is nice. Benvolio. Um, mm. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it's Benvolio. And uh, and so while Faustus distracts the emperor by, like, conjuring the ghost of Alexander the Great. He's like, <laughs> Classic. Classic. Because that's who you want to see uh, come back from the dead, right? It's the oldest trick yeah. in the book. That's <laughs> <laughs> the old Alex trick. If you could, if you could bring someone back from the dead, just to look at, because you can't touch him and you can't really mm. speak to him, who who do you just want to look at? Alexander no, the Great. Question. Are you sure? Of course, Alexander yeah. the Great. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Really? Yes. Really? Without no, I I don't care about that guy. I want to see someone cool. <laughs> I'd be pissed. I'd be like Faustus. Why'd you bring this guy? <laughs> Alexander, is that the best you could do? Yeah. Come on. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, so point is Alexander, the iconic power bottom that we all know from Greece. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, while that's happening, Mephistopheles goes and slides some horns onto Benvolio's head, and Faust is mm. like, ha, ha, look who's an idiot now. This guy's like, damn it. Um, Got him. This is, this is a whole visual pun that I admittedly am not trained to explain very well. Mm. It's another sex joke. Mm-hmm. I believe mm. I believe it has to do with cuckolding. I'm pretty sure Lovely. Faustus by clapping horns on this kid's head is basically saying, You can't get a girl, you silly little virgin. Nah, um, got I him. believe is is the high class interpretation of that. If someone else has another interpretation yeah. of that moment, please let me know. Yeah, that's I, I about like Yeah, that's about the extent of my knowledge of it. Yeah. Yeah. Pointing. If I saw a gentleman with little horns, I'd be like, that is horn guy. I don't want to hang out with horn guy. Mm-hmm. I think they do the job. Yeah, I bet I bet he doesn't get any dates. He's probably no zero, date. approximately. Yeah. <laughs> Fellas, would you date the horned man? <laughs> of course I would date the horned man. Are I you kidding? You I, I personally don't want to hang out with horned man. Uh <laughs> He's got horns. He's weird. But. I am uncomfortable with the energy that Horned Man brings to the studio. It's very off-putting, however. I respect your decision around Horned Man. I'm personally ambivalent. I'm, I'm, I'm more after Horned Man's personality, as mm. it were. Uh, and the personality mm. is not compelling enough. Really, the only thing about Horned Man is the horn. Anyway, yes. so... Um, so Faustus is like, all right, Mephistopheles, we've had enough fun. Take the horns off. And this guy goes away just fuming. I mean, he's just pissed. He and his two buddies are just like, that was the worst thing that has literally ever happened in my life. Which, side note, I know we've made jokes about the horned man, but if somebody just like, like, if I just woke up from a nap and all of a sudden I had horns, I'd kind of be like, well, Hmm. all right. I don't know if I'd say that this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Yeah, man, like, that would be the worst. Man, I'd wake up, I'd look in the mirror, and be like, "Yeah, gender euphoria, finally." Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finally, I've achieved the perfect. This is what I've been asking for. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get some fangs with this, please? Like, come on, let me just, let me just be the monster that I want to be. 
the further yeah. away my body can be abstracted from humanity, <laughs> that would be just great, just really. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. But Benvolio is not okay with that. Benvolio, yeah, Benvolio is definitely overreacting. Yeah, Benvolio is a basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a little too proud for this. So while right. uh, while Faustus is off gallivanting with the with the emperor, um, Benvolio and his buds kind of take a walk in the park. Hmm. And through this walk in the park, they think that the best course of action is going to be to kill Faustus. Okay. Again, Benvolio took this a couple steps too far, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. They're they're kind of. Just going going above and beyond. Yeah, you put something on my head for a half hour. I gotta kill you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like your it's like your roommate for April Fools puts uh puts Saran wrap over the toilet right, or something right. like something that's absolutely not great. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess you gotta die. You've chosen death. <laughs> You've woken up this morning and chosen violence. Well, so have I. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a leap. It's a leap in judgment just on Benvolio's part. Just a bit. And that's why, like, just as another note, like, I, I, this, this play has 37 characters in it. Huh. Didn't much feel like casting 37 people, so I cast 17, and yeah. I doubled up on the, uh, on the casting. And what I tried to do is I tried to align the sin with the, with the couple of characters, and so the guy that played Wrath also played Benvolio. Nice. In this nice. bit. And I, see and the I was kind of like, there. right, right, right. It just, just kind of makes sense. It just kind of makes sense in my head. That's just how it's mm. going to be. Because um, who else? Who else is going to go and freaking behead some after school magician <laughs> for pulling a rabbit out of their hat? Yeah. So. Yeah. Really, uh, so that happens, and and they they behead they straight up behead Faustus. Oh, Just cool! Get him on the Wait, so they do it? Oh, they do it. Yeah, oh, they, they do, do it. it. Full okay. on do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Faustus, Faustus is just out like on a walk in the park, and they just uh-huh. leap out of the bushes, stab him, and cut his head off. Just okay. Girly things. Yep. Just girly things. Mm-hmm. All uh, right, roll so credits. That was pretty uh, roll good. Roll credit. Oh, the, and that's where the show ends. Yay! Yes. It was <laughs> um, so there, oh. Faust is lying there, and they're like, nice, now that we've done this, what do we do with the body? Uh, but in this time, Mephistopheles has popped back in and puts Faust's back together again. And so there's this mm-hmm. fantastic moment where, like, Benvolio and his two buddies are talking about, you know, yes, I've killed this body. I'm holding this head in my hand, and I'm, uh, I'm gonna put it on a stake, and I'm gonna, this will be, this will serve everyone, right? No one will ever prank me again. And Benvolio's friend is like, great. Uh, now what do you want to do with the body? And they both look over and they see that Faustus is like alive again with another head. Mm. <laughs> Got that sucker back on, and they're like, "Oh no!" And and I, gosh, I love this line. Ben Volio was like, "Oh, the devil's alive again!" And his other friend is like, "Give him his head, for God's sake!" <laughs> Give it back! Give it back! Even though he's got, even though he's got another one, he's just like, I know. "Oh, give him his head back!" <laughs> so again, that I just rules. Love the campiness. I, this play, you know what? I think, man, I think this play is my favorite because it's got equal like. <laughs> queer coded villains and camp 
and it's mm. got great lines and mm-hmm. it's got goofy lines and you gotta love this moment so faustus is like it's a nah, very good blend I, it's, it's such a good blend faustus is like no i'm fine i you can do whatever you want to my body but like here's the thing i made a contract and the devil has to keep it and i'm not done mm. with my 24 years yet so eh. and he has mephistopheles <laughs> go and pitch them headlong cool. off a mountain oh yeah yeah as nice. you do again <laughs> We mm. are we are keeping things level and oh gosh the... um <laughs> zero to a billion again <laughs> like to be fair they did murder him uh, and sure. cut his head off <laughs> they they so, did they did <laughs> murder but I do like that the response is all right throw him off a mountain <laughs> all right <laughs> it's very Emperor's New Groove in that regard it, it really is it really uh, is sorry mm. my phone was about to die so now I have to like. <laughs> figure out how to plug it back in it's all good good. you do what you can to survive we're back adapt i believe in you Hmm. reuse reduce overcome overcome um (laughs) evolve anyways so uh the way that here's the thing i also cut this script down um Hmm. there's a very interesting next couple of scenes that happen yes they kind of don't make perfect sense narratively speaking uh sure. just just all right let me walk you through this so we have another campy scene here faustus is walking in the park very very close after this incident and this guy comes up to him and is begging him for a horse and he's like okay fine i'll sell you my horse gives him just like the stupidest deal on this thing faustus is like okay don't ride this horse into water or else, you know? And then this guy's mm-hmm. like, all right, fine. I won't do that. I won't do it. I won't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy gets away <laughs> with a sick deal. Like, oh, hell yeah. Nobody in their right mind would ever sell me a horse for this good of a price. <laughs> and 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 of course, you know, he he takes this horse Faustus says don't ride the horse into water and the guy's like good deal goes off stage Faustus gets out like half of a monologue I feel like before this guy comes right back in sopping wet. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like this guy this guy heard the, the directions he don't ride this horse into water. First thing he does is go out and ride it into a river. That's, he literally the best part too is this guy doesn't even try to justify it. He's like, "Well, I feel like Faustus wouldn't have told me to do that if like something crazy wasn't going to happen. So I had to go test and make sure." <laughs> he rides this horse straight into water. Horse turns into hay. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't Horse get it. just turns into a whole bunch of hay. But and that's awesome. awesome. So, uh, what were you gonna say, oh. else? Oh yeah, I was just I was just talking about the how the scene goes. So Faustus Faustus gets off half of the monologue and then yeah. goes to sleep, takes a nap, something like Basically, that. Basically, yeah, yeah. Um, Here's the thing about yeah. that monologue, though. I'm gonna interject. Is this monologue is like we just had this really campy bit. This monologue is one of the more tender and serious and like full of despair monologues. Oh, cool. He, he like he's kind of talking out loud to himself and he's like, "Who am I but a man condemned to die?" Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm about to die and I live in anxiety and the only thing that I can do right now is take a depression nap. Mm. 
and he yeah. conks out. Nice. And then this guy comes back stopping wet. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's just like such whiplash of uh okay, this guy walks off with the horse. Oh, tender moment kind of feeling for him. And this idiot's back. Great. I'm wet. <laughs> um <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah. so this this guy, this wet guy, he comes in and, he, you know, he's irate because his horse just <laughs> dissolved into hay. And he he goes and sees Faustus and I think Mephistopheles tries to, tries to stop him, tries mm. to say, hey, oh. leave my man alone for a second this right. boy needs a do nap. not wake here's, my boy here's where we get into one of the one of my favorite differences between the a and the b text is that in the a text um oh man let me let me get my facts right i can't remember uh-oh uh-oh listen it's been a long couple of weeks uh-oh since I sisters last <laughs> uh-oh. Read this. okay so in one of the point is in one of the texts um Mephistopheles is there guarding Faustus while he's in his depression nap. And this guy comes up to him and is like, let me talk to Faustus. And Mephistopheles is like, don't you dare. Like, I am here literally to protect my Faustus. He, outside of Faustus's earshot, you know, he declares Faustus to be his. Mm. You don't get that bit in the other, in the other scene. Mephistopheles just kind of isn't there. But in one of the texts, in one of the texts, Mephistopheles is like, don't you f*** with my boyfriend. I swear. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Have that yeah. moment for you. But this guy comes in mm. and, uh, well, there's more camp. Yeah, there's there's more camp. Uh, the guy, the guy kind of ducks around Mephistopheles and goes and tries to wake Faustus up and... Faustus doesn't wake up, and the guy's like, hey, hey, give me my damn money back for your hay horse, you jerk, and keeps trying to wake him up, eventually resorts to just, like, yanking on Faustus's leg, and Faustus's leg just comes off. It just, like, <laughs> pops off. What? And yeah. and Faustus wakes up and just starts screaming, like, you tore off my leg! <laughs> and... And the guy's like, oh no, oh no, I just tore off this guy's leg and just runs, just runs out Whoa. of there. With and the leg. With, he takes With it. the leg. He takes the leg. Yep. Yep. <laughs> keeps the leg. Runs off with Faustus's leg. And, he wasn't you know, Faustus out of the deal. Keeps... He's, he's getting something. <laughs> gonna... He's getting something. And Faustus, Faustus just keeps screaming until the guy's out of earshot. And then he just like regrows his leg <laughs> just, just gets it back like this entire time Faustus has just been tormenting this guy just pranking this guy mercilessly because having a weird day for sure yeah mm-hmm. yeah this is maybe I'll make this point just a little bit later on yeah let me set up the next scene so sure in the next yeah. scene, um, yeah. Faustus is back hanging out with the emperor, and he actually gets some some time with the with the lady, with the emperor's consort. And he's like, "So I did all these cool things, but I noticed that like it didn't really thrill you. Like, what are you into? What are you about?" And she's like, "Oh, I just you know me. I just want some grapes." And uh, of course, there's some tones with that scene, but um. He goes and gets grapes for her, and 
the lady's like, wow, this is amazing. I've never, I've never had better fruit than this. And, and other stuff happens after that. But, but I want to set that up just because I think it's this really interesting thing where at the beginning of the play, Faustus is like, oh yes, I'm going to get my demon boyfriend. I'm going to get my demon powers. I'm going to be able to become a demigod. I'm going to do so much cool stuff. And he's out here getting groceries. <laughs> mm-hmm. And regrowing his leg and messing with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did slap the Pope. That was pretty it, cool. Bruh. <laughs> oh, he did yeah. do that. <laughs> it's, yeah. But it's just like funny throughout throughout this show, um, throughout these 24 years, he does have this de-evolution uh, from these high aspirations wanting to shape the world to, you know, he goes to the Vatican and messes around with the, you know, with the political structures and, you know, goofs around. And then it's just step after step downward to just <laughs> pranking and messing around with the locals uh, and the getting best. this lady grapes. <laughs> I love that. It just... Mm -hmm. It's an interesting moment for me. I just, we'll talk more about that later after after a potty break. But like, yeah, it's just yeah. an interesting moment for me. Is, mm. is yeah, I'm sure that scene was meant to convey some kind of sexual undertone, something. But like, nonetheless, it's kind of wild that he's like, "What can I do for you? Oh, you want some fruit? Got it. On it. <laughs> Badaboom. Pop, pop down to the grocery store and grab you some grapes, ma'am. Um." But no, the camp comes back. The camp comes back. Oh, actually, shoot. I missed a scene. Hmm? I missed the tavern. Not the tavern. No, the... Oh, oh, the tavern does come before the grapes. That's right. My bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, tell us about the tavern. Yeah. So, what happens, what happens in the tavern is, you know, move to this tavern scene where, um... These people start gathering, those dudes that the Faustus had Mephistopheles throw off of a mountain, <laughs> and the guy who bought the horse, and a couple of other people, and they all get together, and they're like, man, we've all really, like, we've all really gotten got by this Faustus guy. <laughs> And uh, the horse, the horse guy talks about how his horse dissolved, and uh, and he's like, "But I got something out of it." And he just slams down this whole yes! egg on the table. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, like, what's uh, everyone else like? Why do you have that? Yes. Seriously, <laughs> uh, sir, you can't bring that into our tavern. This is a restaurant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put that away, man. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> Can't but, have um, that leg here. And and this other guy this other guy is talking about, yeah, uh I ran into Faustus. I you know, I sell hay. I had this whole cart of hay, and I ran into Faustus and uh Faustus was like, Hey, uh can I have some hay? Uh can I have some hay to eat? And the guy's like, Uh, you wanna eat my hay? Sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, for, like, three farthings or whatever, you can have however much you eat. And the, and this guy's like, and I sh you not, he ate my entire cart of hay. <laughs> and it's, and it's just this, this weird manic moment of all these people talking about how they've just gotten screwed with by Faustus having all of these little prank moments. Amazing. Um, 
and they're they're ranting about it and finally they're like yeah we should really do something about it once we're done with the next round of drinks and <laughs> just just really yeah just getting rip roariously drunk there yeah they all got got so hard they had to drink until they forgot it <laughs> well they didn't mm-hmm. quite forget it yeah, because <laughs> they they kind of decide to storm the emperors, and they're like, oh. "Give us the Faustus." So, cool. like, imagine mm-hmm. if you will, you're having a pleasant backyard barbecue, um, with you know your after school magician and mm. your girlfriend. Yeah. And at this point, at this point, sexy assistant. At yeah, this at this point, Faustus Faustus is kind of like a celebrity, kind of like a yeah. local celebrity, yeah. um, and. Uh, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of lost some celebrity over the years since the point of slapping the Pope, but, mm. you know, the, the, the local monarchy is still hanging out with him, still think that he's a cool dude. Right. David Copperfield, then, I guess, rather than... He's got two cool tricks. Yeah. Magician. Yeah. He's got two tricks, Alexander the Great and Grapes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Those are his two tricks. So, he, uh... The, uh, yeah, imagine if you will, you're having this pleasant backyard barbecue, and then all of a sudden, like, the village people show up, <laughs> drunk oh out of their minds, demanding that you hand over David Copperfield. <laughs> That's this scene. <laughs> That's... Awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they show up and they're like, uh... "Give us the Faustus," and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this there's this whole to do where the the horse guy is like, "Hey, how's your wooden leg doing oh, for you? Yeah. <laughs> I see you oh, got a replacement." God. And Faustus is like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And lifts <laughs> up his pant legs and it's like, "These are both real legs." And you know, their beans get freaked. They start freaking out. How do you have a third leg? <laughs> um <laughs> they yeah they're just being rambunctious and annoying and finally faustus just casts a spell to silence them and just shepherd them all back out of the backyard okay. um and it's yeah it's just it's just this point where yeah they're they're all just Everything has kind of devolved to they're just annoying each other. Sure, mm. one of them has these godlike powers, but it's just this kind of neighborhood squabble <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It gets kind of petty. Yeah. Feels like it. Feels like it. But, you know, that's what happens when you're at the tail mm-hmm. end of your David Copperfield career, I guess. Mm. Done one it too happens. many shows in yeah. Vegas. <clears throat> and right. now look at you. Now look at you. Um, so at this point, this is kind of where, um, things take a, kind of a sad turn. So remember how I said at the beginning, Mm -hmm. this is a tragedy and we're not going to have a rollicking good time? Yes. It starts here. Oh, finally. (laughs) (laughs) I've been having a rollicking good time with, uh, Magical Jake Paul this whole time. He, he, Faustus is awesome, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's (laughs) such a... He's got all this power, and he's just, like, making YouTube money with it, essentially. Basically. <laughs> basically. This is what he decides to do. House is like, I have 24 years of nigh invincibility. Done. Time to go for the vine. Yes. <laughs> I will use this time wisely. Don't you worry. Ooh. To go get grapes. So, else, why don't you... Okay, here's the thing. This next scene is... Mm. My favorite scene 
in the entire show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Easily. And Els, yeah. actually, what's I, I don't want to make assumptions for you. What was your favorite scene to do? You don't have to say this one. Uh, yeah. Uh, my favorite scene was uh kind of the the last the last part of this scene and the transition into the finale yeah 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 actually the whole finale really yeah the finale was pretty great connor remind me to send you the video i'll I'll send it to you so this is my favorite maybe this is because it's like it's where things get sad but like i just i just think it's incredible it starts off kind of like eh dece um Wagner makes a statement where he's like, I think Faustus thinks he's going to die. He's gotten really reclusive. He's gotten super... Like, Wagner doesn't know, you know, about the deal or anything like that. He's Mm. just like, okay, Faustus got super depressed and that's weird. (laughs) Um, He, like, he keeps... He vacillates between being really reclusive and then throwing massive razors at his house. (laughs) <laughs> like full-on so gatsby yeah Gatsby's that's exactly child. where i might and my mind went was jay gatsby that's yeah. awesome mm-hmm. he, he keeps throwing these dinner parties and at this one in particular his two pals from the beginning right um are at least that's oh you know what i changed that it's it's hmm. scholars um that hmm. that come in, in this yeah a couple of old friends couple old friends um they they ask to see Helen of Troy because they're like, okay, we've had this long, extensive conversation about who the most beautiful woman was, and we, we think it's Helen of Troy. So you should show us Helen of Troy. And he does it, and you can tell that Faustus is, like, not super stoked to be there. Mm-hmm. And so he does it, and he's like, yay, I did it. Now leave, please. And they're like, yep, yeah, uh-huh, we're good, we're good. No, now we've, we've seen Helen, we're, we're good to go. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, almost immediately after, this old man, just rando old man, shows up at Faustus's door and is like, for the final time, I beg of you, repent. And Faustus mm. is like, are you kidding me? Like, you want me to repent now? Like, I'm... What? 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 But something that this old man says just really gets under Faustus's skin. And when we did it, instead of having a rando, I had Wagner do it. Just like, you know, his his old roommate friend coming back and being like, I've been so worried and so concerned about you. Um, yeah. I see, like, charity is still extended to you. Grace is still extended to you. You can still repent. Please do. And Faustus is like, all right. Give me a second to think about this. And Faustus kind of is talking out loud, and he's like, man, I really do suck. I think I really do suck. I think I suck. I think I suck. Hmm. And is like, maybe I should repent then? And this is where Mephistopheles kind of turns. You mm-hmm. had, like, kind of, it was passive. It was go with the flow. It was super helpful, super kind. It was, babe, I got this vacation for us. I'm happy to help you with anything that you want. Go kick those guys down a mountain. Done. Mephistopheles snaps. Mm. Mm. Else, do you want to take it from here? Yeah. Um, Faustus is having this monologue about how wretched he's feeling, and maybe he should reach back out to divinity. And Mephistopheles kind of comes up behind him and turns him around and just starts, like, reading him, saying, Hey! Get your act together, because either you you stick with me, or I'm going to tear you to pieces. 
I will tear you limb from limb if you recant. This is not gonna fly. My man, my boy, my dude, not happening. Pow. If you if you don't if you don't recommit to your contract, we are we are almost to the finish line. We are almost to the finish line, my man. If you don't recommit to the contract, I'm going to tear you apart. And Faustus is like, oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, fine, we can do that, it's fine, it's good, you're cool, we're cool, we're cool. Um, Faustus stabs his arm again and re-signs the contract, and while, while doing this, um, he, he tells Mephistopheles, well, that, that wasn't, I mean, that wasn't my fault it was because those you know that that guy's words got into my head wagner's words got got under my skin you should mm. you should go and take out all your aggression on wagner and mephistopheles says well uh, i can i can physically abuse wagner as much as possible but i can't touch his soul mm. the uh the virtuous are beyond my reach in that way and Faustus, Faustus is just kind of like, oh, okay, so when I was about to repent, you could have hurt my body, but, like, my soul still would have been fine. Mm, okay, hmm. cool, good to know that that's how we're playing things. And uh, there's this moment where, by by the script, John says, well... If you can't do that for me, um, what I really want uh, right now is to not be alone. Can you summon Helen of Troy for me? And Mephistopheles says, yes, we can pull her back out. Helen shows up uh, and Faustus has this monologue about Helen's beauty and how he wants her to make him immortal with a kiss and uh they kind of wander off how we did it's that a, a black in our show mm. yeah how how we played that moment was um uh john's like oh okay you you were you were about to hurt me cool 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 and kind of slides up near mephistopheles and says well you know I'm getting towards the end of my time on Earth. I've, I'm feeling really lonely, and what I really want more than anything in the world is to bang Helen and not you, psych! Nah. And uh, yeah. Matt's like, hey, wait, uh, oh, I thought, uh, pulled well, a I... sneaky on ya. Um, okay. And <laughs> just like very reluctantly pulls Helen of Troy out of the ether and is like, "Fine, you wanna you wanna sleep with her? Go go ahead, do it. I don't care." <laughs> you it, jerk. And it really is some some pretty intense language there. Like, like Faustus says, "Let me crave of thee to glut the longing of my heart's desire that I may have unto my paramour." So he really is launching into, "I'm ready mm -hmm. to bang." Mm -hmm. And then he cuts in with Helen. Mm. Mm -hmm. Got sideswiped so by the glad. Helen. And and I just, yeah, I really though, I I just I have so many feelings and so many thoughts about that one moment, and I'm just so glad that like we did it subtly enough that I did not get yelled at by BYU. <laughs> <laughs> hey, because yeah, I was not gonna yeah. give this moment up. 
That's awesome. Yeah, we managed we managed to get it we managed to get it past the past the professors and administration and stuff. There were definitely people <laughs> in the audience who were like, "Hey, hey, wait hey a minute." Now. Gay? They're gay. <laughs> <laughs> They're gay. <laughs> um, but I no, I think I think we did a good job. I think it was tasteful. I think it was definitely tasteful. Mm. Um, but it mm. it did this fascinating thing because the next little bit is uh is a monologue from Mephistopheles, mm. and I think else I think why don't you explain it? Mm-hmm. You explain it, and then so... I'll back you up. Yeah, uh, so explaining, like, what we did in the show? Um. Kind of? Yeah, yeah, explain what we did in the show, and then explain the, the monologue. Hmm. Yeah, so, uh, Faustus walks off with Helen, kind of giving Meph a side eye, and, uh, leaving Meph alone on stage for a moment, and Meph is just alone and kind of kind of watching after after his his boyfriend leaving him behind and takes takes a moment and turns and how we staged it Mephistopheles kind of starts shaking and it's hard to tell if he's laughing or crying and then it becomes abundantly clear that he's laughing. And it's just this, like, cackle as he launches into this monologue about Faustus's time is running very short, getting into the last days. And um, he was saying, Thus from infernal hell do I ascend to view those souls that sin seals. Faustus, I come to thee. And... Uh, talking about how Faustus is kind of deluding himself, conjuring these fantasies to distract himself from the inevitable end of what is coming. And how he's trying to uh, fill his life with pleasures before going to hell. And Mephistopheles just has this moment of, it doesn't matter his um his store of pleasures must be sauced with pain and mm. Mephistopheles kind of slips off as John comes back in and it is his last day on earth uh the last day of the contract um Vale, did you have did you have more to say? Yeah, just a little bit. So, um, fun fun things about directing this bit is this this was my favorite scene because I love, well, you know me, I love a good turn of the screw, right? Is I love so mm-hmm. much that there was this companionship built up, and it, even if it was subtle, it, it was twenty four years, twenty four years of two people being together, and in this one second, because John felt so betrayed he acted entirely out of spite potentially even denying himself what he wanted just to hurt someone else Mm. which i think is so like that that right there is proof of perhaps damnation that right there is proof of faustus's damnation condemnation is that he's become very devilish in that act um that's how i'm going to interpret it and no one else can convince me otherwise no one else can convince me that that's not what this moment means um 
And I loved that bit. It was just so, such heightened emotion. And then just to see Mephistopheles just break and snap from that. So one of the things that we did in the show is, because I Evidence Front was such a, a poignant piece to it, because um, I wanted Mephistopheles to be such a good liar. Um, one of the things that we had is that Mephistopheles wore sunglasses the entire time. Kind of looked a little hmm. bit like Crowley. It's fine. Hmm. We had the designs first before Good Omens aired. I just want to make that abundantly clear. Ayo. Um, Hey, yo, for those of you who are not watching, Else has curly red hair. <laughs> yeah, wispy, it was so. it was very much curly vibes, curly David Tennant vibes. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, With the sunglasses. And what I wanted to see, what I wanted to have happen was in this moment, Mephistopheles not only is, you know, shaking and crying... When when they turn back around after you realize that it was laughter, Mephistopheles, we had Else take his sunglasses off and they had blackout, like complete sclera lenses, blacked out. Cool. Love those. And, mm-hmm. and I just remember, I just remember mm-hmm. talking to Else and just being like, scare me. I dare you. I mean, like we know in this podcast, it is impossible to scare me. I will give you $5. <laughs> and well established I, fact. Well yes. established fact. And I said, do it i dare you and you got so damn close <laughs> you unsettled me deeply that's impressive <laughs> not an I, easy I, feat honestly uh. I, I, if i'm being totally honest else i feel like if you tried to do it now i think you should totally scare me um but the best mm, part i think lovely. of this was just just to else's credit is i remember um the first time working through it you know i was right up close i was right next to you i was like on the stage with you watching you do it and as we got closer and closer to performance and we did this dress rehearsal, I remember being like, I got to check and make sure if these blackout lenses can be read from the back. And so I went to the, all the way in the back row of the theater to see this. And it was, it was terrifying. It was, cool. it was a freaky mm. thing to look at, to just have this thing whip around and just, you could see those blackout lenses. You can see the blackout lenses in the recording and mm. just have this moment where you just kind of believed in this figure was just calm and peaceful peaceful and amenable and happy to serve happy to work just break and become actually demonic was such (laughs) a great delicious delicious moment so to else's credit that is one of my favorite things that i've ever seen on stage and it never got old it never got old i can i could watch that moment over and over and over Mm -hmm. again and i'm pretty sure it would still give me like (laughs) just a little bit yeah yeah it's still one of the favorite things i've ever done on stage yeah yeah totally totally agree it was such a fun moment it's great and and i love and i love what this does because it just sets up the next scene where faustus invites these scholars to come over and tries to like kind of tries to repent even though he knows it's not possible but these scholars come over and they are so concerned. So you have this monologue um, from Mephistopheles where he's like, I cannot wait to rip into this kid for being an idiot. Um, look look at what he's going to do in his last final hours. And Faustus is just distraught. He's talking to his scholars, basically like his old professors. It's, it's basically like if I took like Brother Clifford and Brother Benson aside, right? And mm. was like, hey, I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they haven't seen me in years, right? It's basically that kind of a thing. An error um, has been made. <laughs> an, er- <laughs> an error in judgment was made, and these scholars are like, "Dude, what's going on? Like, you're you're fine. Like, you can you can still repent. You can still repent." And Faustus makes this point where he's like, "No, the serpent that tempted Eve could come back. I can't because I actively." denied i turned away consistently at every single opportunity knowing full well what i was doing 
Faustus in this moment gives more credit to the devil himself mm. than to his own being. Um, and it's just it's just such a painful, painfully sweet scene. Um, and these scholars are like, what? <laughs> you did what? He's like, I sold my soul for a best friend and some party tricks. <laughs> and uh, and these scholars are like, what do we do? And one of them is like, well, I'm going to stay with you. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. One of these scholars is like, I've got to stay with you. And Faustus and the other scholar are like, no, like you're going to die too. Like, don't, please don't do that. Just go into the next room and, and pray for me. And these scholars are like, okay, okay, fine. I guess we'll do that. And Faustus is like, if I, uh, I guess if I live through this, I'll see you tomorrow morning. But if not, deuces. Jesus. And it's just so forlorn. It's so sad. And then, and then Faustus has his going to hell monologue, which I I think is beautiful. I I don't I I don't know. It's 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 beautiful and sad, and I like sad things, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. And about halfway through, that's yeah. when the bells start striking. Ah, uh, yeah. It's such a yeah. It's such an interesting moment because Faustus is having this monologue about how he like wishes he could uh, he he would leap up to heaven uh but he just feels weighed down and he curses uh mephistopheles he curses the parents that mm, created him eventually Mm. yeah he eventually he just curses himself because he realizes every step of this was just my own stupid decisions um and he's he's ranting about how he wishes he wishes that time would stop in this moment that this one hour before midnight could stretch out for years and it's all just slipping away which is just really interesting because this entire show it's you know it's not a super long show it's like an hour and a half long and it just compresses these 24 hours down so much into just these couple of events. And it's just interesting looking at it as from the moment it began, Faustus saw 24 years as such a long stretch of time. Mm. But it just blew past. It blew past. And he, at, by the end, he's just scrambling clutching at seconds anything he can get and then the bell rings and he realizes that it's all just slipping away too fast Mm. directing this bit was it was uh, i don't know i think directing this whole show in general was an interesting crossroads for me as a as a diehard christian um just because i believe so deeply in repentance i believe so deeply in repenting like I mean, so frequently, you know, we're told in the scriptures of, like, you can keep repenting. There will come a point when when you can't anymore, but, like, it's open to you. This is this is why Christ died. And Marlowe wrote this this line where Faustus, he screams. He says, Christ's blood streams in the firmament, and surely there is a drop for me. And yet Faustus doesn't take it. And it's just, I remember being so conflicted about that one line of, like, how do I, how do I honor Marlowe, how do I direct this play, but how do I how do I teach something that I believe in? Because I believe right. in you know, if Faustus really was you know, meaning in that moment, that blood did in fact stream for him. Um, 
and so I remember working with the actor. I, rem- I actually remember feeling very encouraged um, by perhaps what might refer to as the spirit, as God. I felt I felt an approval from heaven to to put that line back in because I had originally taken it out because I didn't know what hmm. to do with it. And I felt like I should put it back in because to me that that is a very tragic use of free will. I mean, to me, to me, this is me. This is my story. I'm not I'm not here to, to turn this into an evangelical podcast by any means. necessary. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> but it is this moment of free will. It, it is Faustus recognizing another path and once again choosing against it and so i worked with that actor um to make sure that that was conveyed in that moment that it wasn't that christ's blood was being withheld from faustus it's just that faustus didn't feel up to taking it Mm. for whatever reason or another and i and i and i understand those reasons i i feel like to a much lesser extent i have not yet sold my soul to the devil um, so I, I'm not quite in the position of Faustus, but I have been in positions before where it's like, I don't want to take someone up on their mercy just of how I particularly feel about myself. Yeah. And so this, this to me is, is that moment where Faustus has mercy and grace offered so consistently and chooses against it. It is a, it is the power of free will. To me, there is, is nothing in the, the script that I prefer is the one where Faustus uses his free will to mm. do whatsoever he will. <laughs> and you just kind of go, man, I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it. Hope so too. Probably not. Because but... Hell's Bells is going to start playing, man. And it's going to get, it ramps up real quick <laughs> after this yeah. moment. He did get so, to throw those guys yeah. off that mountain. That was kind of cool. Yeah, he did. I would like to throw someone off a mountain, I think. Well, Aww. do I really want to? Man, I keep this key. Anyone in particular or just, uh, yeah. Um, Brock Turner. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. I, I, th- I throw that punk off a mountain easy. Yeah, see ya, Brock. Easy. <laughs> see ya, we're done. Um, anyway, so that's, that's my, that's my good Christian hour there was, uh, how do I direct a show about the devils and, uh and make it mean something i do gotta interject right now i can't hear you guys at all you sound like a bunch of robots what ah beans not the robots beans well just me or is it connor too yeah that's a really fun sound okay i think this is a good time to take a break yeah and now a series of incomplete poems written for the film the grand budapest hotel while questing once in noble wood of grey medieval pine, I came upon a tomb. Rain slicked, rubbed cool, ethereal. Its inscription long vanished, yet still within its melancholy fissures. The painter's brush touched the inchoate face by ends of nimble bristles, and with that blush of first color rendered her lifeless cheek living. Even the most gifted bard's rhyme can only sing but to the lack of her and all she isn't. Her tongue doth trip. T'was first light when I saw her face upon the heath. And hence did I return day by day entranced. Though vinegar did brine my heart, a moist black ash dampens the filth of a dung dark rat's nest and mingles with the thick scent of wood rot while the lark song of a gutter snipe. Tis oft remarked, no single falling flake does any other in its pure and perfect form 
If this do be me, end farewell, cried the wounded piper boy, whilst the muskets cracked, and the yeomen roared hurrah, and the ramparts fell. Methinks, me breathes, me last, me fears, said he. Whence came these two radiant celestial brothers, united for an instant as they crossed the stratosphere of our starry window, one from the east and one from the west? Hi, we're back. Thanks for uh, bearing with us through those technical difficulties there. But uh, we we wanna we wanna talk a little bit more about that finale. Yeah, remember that director's concept that I had in the beginning? Yeah, yeah, remember that? Yeah. So this is the whole thing that got me on board in the first place. Um, so Faustus is going through this monologue. The bells start ringing, and he's you know trying to grasp at time, trying to leap back to heaven without actually repenting, and uh, calling for mountains to fall on him and crush him to obliteration, so he won't have to go to hell. And the bells toll, and Mephistopheles's hand reaches out of the ground, and Mephistopheles just comes clambering out of this hole, and throughout the entirety of the show, Mephistopheles has been keeping this uh, facade of a priest with a couple of moments here and there uh, of bits of demonicness showing through and that one moment of the sunglasses coming off and just the blank black eyes mm-hmm. um when mephistopheles comes out now they're in full demon form claws wings teeth eyes uh, just clothing in tatters and uh the hosts of hell come to take john away john uh cries cries out for help uh tells mephistopheles not to take them away uh and mephistopheles just says well i mean this is your own damn fault what are you not manly enough for this (laughs) and just like everything that faustus has said uh to diss on mephistopheles mephistopheles kind of brings back and they've been keeping it in their back pocket they, for a while. They really have. 24 <laughs> years. And um, uh, Faustus runs, runs to get away and gets dragged back. And eventually Lucifer shows up and kind of uh, a quick, quick real life PowerPoint demonstration to John of all of the tr- tortures, <laughs> all of the tortures that await him down there. Uh, the burning chairs and the spikes and all all that typical hellish jazz. Um, and finally, all of the sins and the demons uh, come and seize upon John as he's kind of trying to bargain anything he can to get out of this fate. And... Uh, as he is dragged into the mouth of hell, John's last words are, uh, I'll burn my books, uh, Mephistopheles, calling out for his, his demon boyfriend. Demon boyfriend. <laughs> um, and the jaws of hell slam shut, everything goes quiet, the chorus kind of 
ushers the audience out with Faustus is gone. This was something that probably totally could have been prevented, but now <laughs> you have learned a lesson. Yeah, um, it's it's a raw line. It's like, cut is the branch that might have grown full strength. It's mm. like, oh, man. Dang it. That's awesome. So, you know, free will. Thus ends the tale of John Faustus. Actually, though, like that's in in Latin. Actually, I think yeah. the the last words is uh, the the hour is done, the work is done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just a little. That's so haunting. Really, though, oh, mm-hmm. it'll get you. It'll get you. So, woo! Mm. That's Faustus. Yep, that's Faustus. Ugly. So yeah, so basically, I mean, like, throughout that conversation, we kind of talked about, you know, my favorite things that this play deals with, of just fate versus free will. I'm a, a huge, huge believer in free will and uh, and using it to, to your fullest delights and measures. Um, and again, I think there's something really interesting that happens when when you get everything that you ever wanted. What do you do with it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out backyard barbecues with local monarchy might not be a bad idea mm-hmm. quiet night at home with your demon boyfriend really i mean yes yeah all you all you really nice. need all you really need i don't know else what about you what are your yeah what are your parting faustian thoughts yeah for me i uh, something something that always sticks to me about this story is um I mean, a uh, the the different the different interpretations of hell because hell is talked about a couple different times in this script, and when Mephistopheles talks about it, hell is being separated from God. But also later on, it is a literal uh, eternal torture house, and. Uh, those different those different interpretations of okay, so what forms of suffering do we really see as the worst thing that can happen to someone? Um, and then added onto that is just Faustus's inability to appreciate, I guess, his own insignificance. Sure. Just because, just because. He has he has an immortal soul that will be around for eternity, and he trades it away for twenty four years, and thoroughly believes that everything he has done throughout his life uh, has brought him so far away from God that there is no redemption. And just the entire time, it's like, man, you're not seeing the big picture. There's so much more out there that you're just throwing away for a couple decades. So interesting. And some cool tricks. It's it's some cool tricks though. It's so frustrating. Yeah, okay, he do have cool he tricks. He do have though. cool tricks. He do have cool so. tricks. Fancy demon boyfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not too mm. bad, not too bad. Mm-hmm. It's not without perks, but also twenty four years and eternities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's a good show. It's a good show. And I think for as much camp as there is in it, I think there is still so much philosophy to be had, so much to extrapolate and to pull apart. I mean, there there was a day where I ripped through the A text, the B text, Goethe's Faustus, and uh, which is actually just Faust, and 
um, mm-hmm. an adaptation by Ben Powers at the National Theater did a while ago. And Ooh. I, yeah, and one day I read four different versions of Faustus and I loved it. I, every second of it. I can't, I I love reading these lines even again and again and again. And we skipped over. Um, there are some clown scenes as well, because what's a good Elizabethan show without some clowns? But uh, mm-hmm. they really are side plot. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah, focus, yeah. let's focus on uh, <laughs> on Faustus and his demon boy. So Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing is that when we did the show in 2019, um, I left for a weekend. And to give my actors something to do, I was like, hey, would you just mind journaling write me out a a journal itinerary log entry of what happens what happens to you right before you come on for your scenes Mm. and uh and when else did their itinerary it was so intriguing to me i was like what just to get all this i this backstory and back thought inner monologue into mephistopheles was cool enough that I was like, hey, you want to do a show about this? <laughs> and I was like, we're literally doing a show about this. <laughs> like, no, I want more. I want more show about this. <laughs> and I, I was like, I want to show all about Mephistopheles. I want a show with mm. limited characters that just focuses right in on Mephistopheles and what they're going through. Um, because as we've, you know, Elsa and I would talk throughout this process and we'd try and figure out what Mephistopheles was going through and we just wanted to find so much more than just punky little demon who's being all tricksy tricksy with Faustus and right. playing the 5D chess was there ever a potential that Mephistopheles might actually love Faustus? If at one point, indeed, Mephistopheles is like, get back off from my boyfriend. What's yeah. to that? What's to that? So. Yeah. And it's, and it's just uh, something that is, is an ongoing uh, thought in my head is just that every demon mm, was at some point an angel was a servant of god and even even if they're all thoroughly corrupted and evil embodiments of chaos and sin whatever there's still there is still that history so that that to me has always been a fascinating part of studying the character of mephistopheles and other demonic characters uh which is which is why which is why we launched into this new show this new project Ayo! yeah at uh january of this year we decided we we're gonna pull the trigger we we're gonna do the show and since january we have been working on uh creating this show we call it your servant mephistopheles and you can follow us on instagram Woo! and we decided we wanted to do fringe so mm, we are heck yeah. we just actually this weekend we just finished the final draft of the script it is yep. done yeah that's exciting <laughs> We're not writing anymore and uh and we start rehearsals on monday yep <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yep. We, Launching right we got, into it. 
one month to put this together. Uh, we will be now. It's shameless plug-in time. It's shameless plug-in time. Hey. Yeah, plug it up uh, without shame. We will be. This show will have a Utah run, Provo, Utah run, mm -hmm. uh, at the very end of July. That is the 29th and the 30th of July. That Thursday and Friday. Um, follow us on Instagram That's for more updates. Up. Oh boy, is it ever. Um, <laughs> But that's why I've been a little, that's why it's been a little hectic getting this podcast out. Uh, it's just mm. because we've been hard at work writing the show and make our deadlines and, uh, and to get things settled. So Elsa's once again reprising their role as the demon boy Mephistopheles. Mm -hmm. um, M, friend of the show M that uh, talked about Killian Murphy is playing John Faustus. Shout out to M and, and Killian. M. And mm -hmm. I am playing Lucifer. So it's all right, be, all right, all right, all right gonna be a blast uh else yeah. what else do you want to tell the good people about our show um we're we're having we're having the utah run uh three performances we're thinking at the end of july and then the second week of august we're going to be at the edinburgh fringe festival um we are also planning on filming it and making it available for stream. So if you're not in Utah or Scotland, then it will still be possible to watch it and enjoy the fruits of our labor. Um, please, please. I'm really, fruits. yeah, I'm, I'm really, really proud of this script um i think i think it's really good my parents said that they liked it <laughs> that's how you know it's that's good. how you know it's good <laughs> <laughs> um, mom and dad said it was okay yeah uh and yeah just just really really excited about this this has been i mean this has really been a this show has been the foundation of Vales and my friendship for years at this point. It's it's yeah. really it's really important to the <laughs> both of us. Uh, just a little <laughs> just bit. Just a little bit. Um, and yeah, excited excited to see how it goes. Yeah, I like I like what we're doing in our show because it, I I feel like it really is a nice modern evolution of an adaptation from some of the things that we talked mm -hmm. about in Doctor Faustus, where um, you know, yeah. apparently we're talking about things like control and uh, emotional control and how to deal with mm -hmm. that with people. There's a little bit about touch starvation and finding companionship and connection. Um, something mm -hmm. that was really important for us too is um, this show is written produced directed acted entirely by a genderqueer cast and um mm -hmm. and part of the asexual community as well else and i are both demisexual and m is asexual and so this was a, a great opportunity to explore what that means what being a part of those queer communities mean to us and how it's it's a part of this play as well and um over whether or not this actually shows up in the show or not, it's something that mm -hmm. Elsa and I have been playing with a lot in discovering Mephistopheles is touch starvation and the role of mm -hmm. empathy and physical contact that isn't necessarily sexual. And it's just, uh, it's just been a great, great time. Mephistopheles and Faustus have been living in my head rent free since 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> And and especially just seeing their evolution and their iteration and now coming into a show um, that I was able to work with else to create uh, has been really, really cool to just kind of 
put my feelings about Faustus on paper. Some of my feelings about Faustus on paper. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Please uh, follow mm-hmm. us for memes. We share memes on Monday. And uh, yep. you can see our pretty, pretty faces as well. Yep. On our Instagram yeah. feed. And what's that What's that tag if, if the folks want to look you up? Your servant Mephistopheles. We awesome. also have a website. It's just called thehellshow.com. <laughs> and how did you get that url that's so cool oh uh, well, man m is a wizard <laughs> m, yeah <laughs> anything yeah, that has awesome. to do with the producing the dot com. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, m m is a powerhouse when it comes to our social media presence um, heck yes yeah go to the to look at our bios and some info about the show and if you want to donate so that we will be able to eat while we're in scotland um yep and i was actually looking into that um you have different tiers for dono- donations is that oh, correct yeah we do we do we yep. have incentives Very we recognize nice. what it means to give a dollar so we want to give something back that's not necessarily dollar related mm-hmm. heck yeah yeah there's some fun stuff on there we too you guys to should be uh, definitely I mean, there's definitely there's t-shirt there's poster absolutely uh um, yeah one of the incentives is else will read you a bedtime story mm-hmm. they oh lovely they are they are pre-selected um but but we tried to choose some good ones uh so mm. we we have that to look forward to there is uh an 11 o'clock offering have connor are you aware of the 11 o'clock show do you know what that is? I off the top of my head cannot say I do. Okay, I don't I don't know how esoteric a reference this is or not, but like when I was I first started doing theater, um, my directors mm. would always joke about like every time we would goof off and say something kind of uh, lean towards. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Save it for the yeah, eleven o'clock the 11 show. show. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Sure. We've decided to produce an eleven o'clock show. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Oh, that rules. So there's just gonna be enough, one. Yeah. There's just gonna be one performance while we're in Utah <laughs> where we're going to finish the show, thank the audience, and then for those who have paid the price uh they will get to see our <laughs> utter crack um yep. awesome our our crack so content there's so much yeah that is excellent you'll get access to deleted scenes and bloopers um yeah it's a living breathing living scene yep. so it sounds like a pretty good tier really goal for though, me really though there's mm. uh behind the scenes footage that you can have access to um we are making an entire production journal for this show in the vein of like you know like how they came out with that hamilton book so you can have the stories, yeah you can have our memories yeah yeah process <laughs> and if you pay top dollar we will come to you and teach you what we know we will teach you about directing oh, acting, snap. writing devising theater how to dramaturg a show whatever you want man you pay top dollar you get that workshop mm-hmm. so oh snap there you go. Check them out. Thehellshow.com or at your servant, Mephistopheles. Did I get those right? You did. Yay. Woo. It's because they're great tags and URLs. Man, we sure did try. We sure did try. <laughs> <laughs> it took us a hot uh, minute to come up with that title. I gosh, I love it, it did. And I still, that is to this day one of the hardest titles. I don't know why. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is in in my head we we have this we have this banger title, but in my head mm. I still either just call it the Meth Show 
or right. <laughs> or what we called it during like the entirety of 2020 when we just didn't have the focus to work on it mephistopheles sexy day off that's true Aww. that was an original title <laughs> Yeah, that those are both pretty good with. titles. I like the meth show. I feel like it might convey meth something show. else, but yeah. the, the Mephistopheles day off. Or Mephistopheles what, that's sexy, really, sexy that tells you day off. The sexy, sexy day off. Okay, that's the important part. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. Connor, you're such mm. a pal. You're such a pal. I don't know. Connor, do you have anything else that you want to cap off with Faustus? Because you were in that uh, class with me. Yep, sure. No, I, I just think um, I, I think the age old fate versus free will kind of considerations just something that is always going to be fascinating to analyze in any literature especially in one where so many times the protagonist is told do not do this mm-hmm. um while they're still being that kind of especially with the religious overtones there's still that question of fate and what we are set out to do by our conception but mm-hmm. uh no i i think it's a really fascinating show i i I'm stoked for y'all to put that on. I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing it in some capacity. I don't know. Oh, you'll see it in um, some capacity. Oh yeah, but uh, no, it's 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 a beautiful script. It seems very uh, shapeable. I, I I think the language seems to hold up pretty darn well, um, especially with some of these, like you were saying, lower brow moments. Um, but no, it's it's a it's a treat, and I'm looking forward Yay. to seeing more of the show as well as monday memes monday memes good (laughs) well thanks so much connor thanks so much else uh and thanks everyone again for letting me use this podcast to just rant about the things that i love (laughs) i really appreciate it that's that's what it's for that's what it's for even that's us got it yes and i i just also want to say thank you to else for coming on Mm -hmm. it's been a pleasure um Ladies and gentlemen, check out the show. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. Any final words of advice, everyone? For our listeners? Uh, yeah, if you hear the words, don't do this in t- like infinity times, don't do this. Probably. That's mine. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. Mm. My advice is shake a stick at God today. He can't <laughs> smite us all. <laughs> yeah! There's power in numbers and oh, sticks. Shit. <laughs> How about you, Vale? What do we well, got? Well, I was going to say everyone should burn Shakespeare and start reading Marlowe. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Mic drop. That's my personal Shakespeare. I mean, Whoops. Shakespeare who? That's what I thought. <laughs> no, for, for real, though. Mm. For real, though. If you're scared about approaching Elizabethan theater, I, I personally think that Marlowe is a lot easier to understand. Marlowe wrote a couple of shows, mm. and they're all pretty gritty. Faustus is absolutely the best one. But, uh... Yeah, if you like a good revenge tale, I can also recommend uh, Jew of Malta. Jew of Malta is pretty good revenge. Ooh, Jew of Malta. Duchess of Malfi uh, is not Marlowe, but it's still good. Still Please good. Please stop with the Shakespeare is what I'm trying to say. I've had <laughs> yeah. enough. Yeah. Had enough. Yeah, take that planet Earth. No more of this dead guy. <laughs> Let's get some other dead guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the other dead guy. You know, I've stepped over yeah. Shakespeare's body. I've stepped mm. on it. Oh, mm. congrats! Yes. Yep, cool. <laughs> right on. Was it? Did it? Did it feel like it wrote really well back then? I don't know. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Can feel this, this week on the Good to Red through my feet. Mm, this gravel. <laughs> it's got a lot of vocab. Um, thank you for joining us we'll again. Thank you to our special guest, Else. All right. We'll see Thanks you next week. And remember to stay spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
The Good, The Rad, and The Spooky was created and written by us, Connor Wood and Vale McComb. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates, new episodes, recommendations, and inordinate amounts of pictures of our podcast mascot, Spooky the Cat, at Good Rad Spooky. Please support us by liking, subscribing, and even reviewing. Intro song and ads were written and performed by Connor. Special thanks to Ned Wilcock for the logo artwork.